You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. Uh, it's, good, it's good to be with you as we... Do we need a hand? Are we going... Okay. Oh, now it... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, our scripture lesson today comes from the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. And I will say I have three separate sermons for you uh, this morning. Please don't leave. Um, but it's, it's one of those texts where I wrestled with it and you start somewhere and then you go somewhere else and they don't necessarily connect. So uh, here are three brief sermons on Jeremiah 29 and I'll allow the Holy Spirit to uh, communicate what needs to be communicated or pick one of the three that you need to hear. So it's Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1, and also verses 4 through 7. Uh, It'll be on the screens, and it's also in your Bible. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent to Jerusalem, to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For its welfare, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So sermon number one deals with Jeremiah 29 in its context. This is Jeremiah talking to the exiles. When when, when you go into exile, Babylon captured Israel, right? So Assyria captured uh, Israel, sorry, and uh, Babylon captured Judah, so the south. Assyria destroyed the north. Babylon took the south in exile. When you take someone into exile, you don't take the riffraff. You leave the riffraff behind in the city to be forgotten or to be slaughtered. You take who you think is the important people with you into exile. And that's what Babylon did. There's a, there's a, a poem, uh, and this is from uh, Mahmoud Darwish, who was a controversial figure in the early 1980s uh, in terms of the struggle between Israel and Palestine. But he penned a poem of exile, and this is the first verse. I want to offer this to you. He says, we travel like other people, but we return to nowhere, as if traveling is the way of the clouds. We travel like other people, but we return to nowhere, as if traveling is the way of the clouds. So this is Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, as he is known. Jeremiah speaking to Jeremiah's people, and he's offering them a word of hope. I know we are in exile. I know the story is threatened. 
but build a house and live in it. Plant a garden and reap its benefit. And then he says something rather scandalous. He goes, pray for the welfare of the city. You know that city that captured you, that took you in exile? Pray for its welfare, for in its welfare you will find yours. And understand, this is the kind of message that can only come from within. Jeremiah speaking to Jeremiah's people saying, continue God's story. There is hope. Build a house. And don't forget to live. Build a house. Live in it. Plant a garden. Reap its benefit. And pray for the city. Keeping in mind, this is not figurative. We're talking about the, the, the Jewish people who were in exile, who know exile, who know the pain of having to leave. There are people today that are very far from home. There are people who are currently being driven from their home. John Howard Yoder said this about the Jewish people. Christian theologian said this about Jewish people. This is the footnote. Christian theologian about the... More often immigrating, frequently suffering martyrdom nonviolently, Jews were able to maintain identity without turf or sword, community without sovereignty. They thereby demonstrated pragmatically the viability of the ethic of Jeremiah and of Jesus. In sum, the Jews of the diaspora were for over a millennium the closest thing to the ethic of Jesus existing on any significant scale anywhere in Christendom. A Christian theologian is saying the Jews, by remembering their story without turf or without land or without sword, military resistance, they were the closest thing to the ethic of Jesus existing with any significant scale anywhere in Christendom. The Jewish people knows they know what it means to suffer and to be exiled and to be into slavery. And here, Jeremiah is talking to his own. I know that you are in exile. I know that you are far from home. Build a house anyway. Don't forget to live. Plant a garden anyway. Reap its benefit. Keep telling the story. Another way to say this is God is in charge of our story. God is in charge of our story. Um, you know, uh, we, are, we are less than away from a, a political uh, presidential election. I mean, I just like, oh, it's going to get, uh, it's going to get so, so ugly. This is another way of saying, don't let Nebuchadnezzar, whomever Nebuchadnezzar might be, dictate who you are. You know that you are God's. Tell God's story. Plant a vineyard anyway. So it's a word of hope for his people. And at that point, I was going to tie a nice bow on the sermon and say, trust God, don't trust Nebuchadnezzar. There are people who are literally in exile today. Can we offer them a message of hope about God? Build a house, don't forget to live. Plant a vineyard, reap its benefit. Keep telling God's story. But there was something nagging about that message. Well, and it's, it's also a very easy message for me to proclaim because I am not in exile. There's something, Jeremiah, there's something about this message that seems to, uh, 
this is the beginning of sermon number two. There's something about this message from Jeremiah 29 that seems to ring shallow if you are in exile, which is where we find Psalm 137, which is also attributed to Jeremiah. Psalm 137 is, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs and our tormentors asked us for mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And how can we sing the Lord's song? in a foreign land. I love scripture because if you read all of it, you will see this inner tension happening within Jeremiah and with Jeremiah's people. On the one hand, he's saying, build a house, don't forget to live, plant a vineyard, reap its benefit. On the other hand, he goes, sometimes you just have to hang your harp in the tree and you cannot sing when your oppressor is among you. How can we sing the Lord's song? In a, there's, this, there's this anguish and there is this honesty. That's one of the things I love about the Psalms is because on the one hand, they're very raw. In here, he doesn't say, it's all gonna be fine. God is in charge, don't worry about it. He goes, our tormentors are asking us to sing the songs of our tradition. How can we? How can we? And if you keep reading Psalm 137, at the end, it ends in a very difficult place. A place of violence and a place of vengeance against one's captors. How can both of these narratives exist in the prophet Jeremiah? It's because he's human. I love one of my favorite moments in the musical Godspell is when Jesus sings this song. On the willows there we hung up our lives for our captors there required of us songs. And our tormentors mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion, sing us one of the songs of Zion, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But how can we sing, sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And then Jesus goes out into the garden and is arrested, beaten, and crucified. There's a fantastic tension in wrestling with exile. Build a house, 
Don't forget to live. Plant a garden. Reap its benefit. But there are also some times when you will praise God, but you cannot sing. How can we? Which begins sermon number three. Uh, Several years ago, I was youth director at University Methodist Church, University United Methodist Church. Um, And Roger Templeton was the associate pastor there while I was youth director. Full of joy, fantastic preacher, uh, would often give me lots of ideas for youth ministry. Um, And two weeks ago, he died by suicide after preaching a revival at a church. One of our own. <laughs> and of course, October uh, is, is Mental Health Awareness Month and also Clergy Appreciation Month. And we had to say goodbye to one of our own. Roger was one of those who would preach build a house, live in it, plant a vineyard and reap its harvest, keep telling the story of God, and he would do it with a smile, with Psalm 137 churning underneath. How can we sing when our captors are dictating who we are? And sometimes depression is that captor. Now, I'm not a licensed counselor. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I am a pastor. One of the things we see in this narrative over and over and over again is God saying, remember the stranger because you were once strangers in a strange land. Treat them as one of your own. Remember the stranger. And here, sometimes when we read Psalm 137, we realize that the stranger we have to remember is us. Remember the stranger even if the stranger is you. Because sometimes, uh, don't forget to live, that sounds great. But how, preacher? How? Remember the stranger even if the stranger is you. I want to read uh, the first two lines of the poem that I read at the beginning of the service in this context. We travel like other people, but we return to nowhere, as if traveling is the way of the clouds. Here today, gone tomorrow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we have questions. I have questions. We do give you thanks for words of hope, of calling us to to plant and to build and to sow and to reap. But Father, hold us close when we praise you but are not in a place yet to sing. How can we when everything seems foreign?
So Father, hold us close, both to you and with one another. May we be not afraid to talk, not afraid to ask, not afraid to seek. Help us to live. In Jesus' name, amen.